from the DraftKings Sportsbook and Wild Rose Studio. This is Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. Wake up, Des Moines. It's time to kickstart the weekend with Saturday morning pregame on 1460 KXNO. All right, hour number two, 9 o'clock, here live on a snowy, cold March day, I guess. Amory Songer, Sean Roberts is out. He's He was supposed to be celebrating the green Chicago River and St. Patty's Day. I think he still is, but the city is, is not at least formally, but uh, hopefully he's having fun. In his set, I brought my friend Michael Admire in. Michael, say hi to the people. Hi, people. Uh, I also found that Ross Peterson's in this building, and I told him to come join us, and he is sitting with us. Hey, everybody. Ross Peterson, you're a big Malcolm Gladwell guy, aren't Love you? Love Malcolm Gladwell. Did Absolutely. you hear his appearance on the Bill Simmons podcast? No, I did not. Okay, Andrew Downs, our other friend, yeah. uh, he he turned me on to uh, a, like an emergency pod they did together about coronavirus, and Malcolm Gladwell said he expects that if we don't contain this quickly, that 40 to 70%, I know, giant window, 40 to 70% of people in the U.S. could potentially contract coronavirus, and maybe a million people, which would be less than 1% of those people, could potentially die. I've been absolutely roasted on Twitter for saying this, even though I cited my source. Your thoughts on Malcolm Gladwell, and do you you believe that? All right, so here's what I would say. uh, You throw a lot at me there. Uh, this is what I would say about this, because we're starting 9 o'clock hour right now. Yeah. There are people that are tuning in here. This information, this, the, you know, people like Gladwell, uh, health experts are consuming all media right now, all right? I do think that our, what we should be doing here is kind of giving people a little bit of a release and relief from this news, because it's, some of it seems dire. And it's very polarizing. I mean, you might as well have started this 9 o'clock hour by going, Abortion! Fire up the phone lines! What do you think about Hillary? Trump! What's your deal? And you know what I mean? Because everybody has already decided they've picked their team. And this happens with everything we talk about in, in, in society right now. Where there is, it's one or the other. It's black and white. Is this going to kill a million people or is this going to kill nobody and we're all making a big deal about it? And we're being forced over and over and over in every conversation to pick between those two extremes. That's a good point. And, and you can't do that. You've got to ignore all that and, and just reject it on its face and go, I'm not even going to answer your questions there because it's, you're, you're giving me a false choice. Uh, it's not one or the other. And I would imagine if I listened to Gladwell because I, do, I think he's a brilliant guy. Very intelligent but, guy. But everybody's wrong about stuff. Nobody is right about everything, okay? So use discretion on everything. I, I, Malcolm Gladwell has said some things in my life I've greatly disagreed with. A lot of those things I've come around to his side of thinking on because he's a smart dude, and I'm really not. So what I just, I'm, I'm, I speak well, and people come up and go, you're smart. I'm a dummy, guys. I dropped out of DMAC. Like, I'm a dummy. So, I, well, nobody needs yeah, to know that. But th- it's, this is my thing. Like, everybody's wrong about something, okay? Well, so... We just need to relax and chill and let some smart people that are in charge, and if they think this is the right thing for us to do, which, by the way, I've talked about this on Twitter, my mom is 75, mm. fighting cancer, mm-hmm. is having a, had a really good week this week, but as people that are going through chemotherapy or know somebody that goes through chemo knows, it's a week-to-week thing. It's a roller coaster. Last week was a bad week for her. She couldn't stay warm. She's a tiny little thing anyway, and she's losing weight and can't keep an appetite, and we're all worried about her. This thing would wipe her out, right? She's 75. Mm. And, and 
two years ago, I would have told you my mom had 20 years left in her life. Everybody on her side of the family lives into their 90s. And if we can get past this, I think mom can still have some of that potential, right? And I don't mean this, this coronavirus thing. I mean if we can get past the cancer. But this is something that concerns me, obviously. So when I hear this news, and I've, been, I'm, uh, I've told people on the air for a long time, the Daily by the New York Times, no matter your political affiliation, I'm a right-leaning guy. The Daily is a really good podcast to listen to. It's very liberal, but it's very informative. Michael was talking about Vice News. Vice does a great job. Very liberal, but they do a great job of informing you about stuff. So you're not watching NBC and CBS and CNN and getting your news from Inside Edition and Facebook. So months ago, The Daily was talking about coronavirus, COVID-19, what was happening in Wuhan, China, how this anteater had somehow developed this airborne pathogen that could find its way into into human lungs. We all know that now. But knowing all that stuff, man, I've been worried about my mom. Okay, so when they came out a couple nights ago and said, we're going to start shutting down travel, we're going we're to try to nip this thing in the bud so that we don't end up with a 1,000 deaths. I don't know where we are right now, 40-something, 60, I don't even know. Uh, United States right now, 41. Okay, so if yeah, I, as far as I'm concerned, like I'm okay with shutting everything down. I'm okay with that. And it, 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 that's going to suck for a lot of people. It's mm. going to change our lives. It, it might hurt the, it's going to hurt the economy when we do that. If that saves my mom, I don't give a crap. Right. I don't give a crap. Take my job, take my money, take my house. If I get five more years with my mom, take it all. Okay. So th- I just, I don't have this thing in me right now to give a crap about anybody else. <laughs> to think, I love, I, Michael, I do, I was listening to you guys in that first hour. I feel for all those athletes, man. That senior year, and especially when you are a college athlete, the amount of time that you've put into that, and that's been your focus. That, that moment, that last final thing, man, that's sad that that got ripped away from those kids. It's so sad. I, when it comes down to that black and white, I don't give a crap, right? And I, th- I and totally I think, get it. I think they would say the same thing. Like, yeah. man, you're right. This sucks in my life right now, but the bigger issue is other people's lives at stake. And I don't, I don't like the fact that Gladwell goes out and says... Gives numbers. Well, yeah. because... Because we don't know. We don't. And it doesn't help anything to just constantly be reminded of, hey, there's this killer out there, there's this killer out there, there's this killer out there. When we know the numbers, even in even in the drastic cases, it's, you look at the math and it's easy to dismiss it. You look at the math and you go, 1%, 2%, a quarter of a percent, of, come on. You know, I know 100 people. I think I'd go with no, no one 99 type thing. That attitude is easy to start to set in. So I just wish whatever your opinion is on it, wherever you are on, on this, and I do, I'm doing this every day, you've got to think about it the other way. If, you're, if you are completely on the side of we need to shut everything down because this thing is an absolute pandemic, I would encourage you to just think about some of, you know, like, man, it's, it's okay to go out and about. It's all right to live your life. Do all the precautionary things that they talk about. And the, I mean, the experts are being pretty clear here that if you get out and you just wash your hands, you, you stay away, you know, don't get in close contact with a lot of people, mm. 
then this thing is going to die off and we'll be okay and and everything will get back to normal. Stock market hit a little bit of a, a, a bump yesterday or at least bounced back up a bit. We can get through this thing if we just stop scaring the crap out of people, right? So I, I, I don't like that Gladwell even went on and did that. I can see why Simmons got him because he's a brilliant guy. And once you get there, he's got to answer those questions and answer them honestly. And I'm not sure if you guys have taken the time to talk to a medical professional yet. I'd encourage everybody to call their doctor and just mm-hmm. say, what should I know about this? I actually had a, uh, a physical schedule for Monday. Great so, idea. So I, I, it was for my benefits yep. for work. I would imagine by Monday, uh, Emery, they're just going to hand you a one sheet of paper. They're just going to hand you a piece of paper when you walk in that says, here's our FAQs about COVID-19. Here's what we think you need to know. Right. So but, I did yeah. that on, on this past Monday when uh, it we the Wednesday stuff didn't really all hit the fan. And I just kind of asked him in in passing, so what about this? And he said exactly what you said, basically. He said, you know, for you, and he basically told me in the context of me, yeah. uh, he said, you know, you're in your 20s, you're, yeah, yeah, you're, you're a healthy be, person. Even, even if you got this thing, you you're probably may, be, not, yeah. may not even notice. It's any different. You, you might know? have severe flu symptoms on the worst case. might have a fever, but you're not going, like, you're not yeah. an at risk person for this. Right. It's you carrying it to someone exactly else. Exactly right. Would yeah. be what you should be afraid of. So and that's the, why you still should be taking care this, of yourself. It's a weird thing. I mean, again, talk to medical professionals. I'd encourage all of you. The guy that I, I spoke to told me I could quote him. Uh, his name is Dr. Chris Champion. He's a family physician here in Des Moines, but he's also delivers babies. I and mean, he's a, one of the smartest men I know here in the Des Moines area. And he, this, all the same things, Emery, that, uh, you know, this, this thing is weird in a couple ways. It stays dormant for those couple of days. You don't even know you have the symptoms and you're carrying it around. And that's what I keep thinking about with my mom is, you know, when, as I'm, we're talking with Ryan Grant from the, from the Iowa Wolves last night who's been in meetings with people who have been in meetings with people who have been in meetings with guys that have now tested positive for coronavirus. So as I'm sitting in this studio interviewing him, that's running through my head. Like, wait a minute, what else is flying around this room right now? Okay. So I don't know. I don't, I don't certainly don't want to be lead into the panic, but I also want people to be very precautious because I, I firsthand understand what's at stake right now. And so, that's what Michael said really right. well is, you know, you just – it's better to lean on the the side of overreaction than it is to underreact and put more people yeah. in danger. And it's a weird thing. I, again, when I was listening to that first hour, you're talking about those kids from Drake, and we had George Wears on talking about his softball players from Central, and we had Bill Fennelly talking about the girls, uh, the ladies up at Iowa State. It, it's such a weird feeling when you know you know there's been something unjust happen, and you can't blame somebody. It's so weird. Where we can't sit here and go, damn the NCAA, damn so-and-so for screwing this up, damn that person who isn't at this university who made a mistake or did something dumb and now we're being punished for it. And then we can all stand up together and shake our fists and go, ah, we can't do that. Like it's just this feeling of almost helplessness where it, it, something that was way out of our control beyond any, any one human being's control. There, there is a true like emptiness feeling when it comes to just how the season ended for everybody. And man, it, it, it's okay to be on on kind of either side. It's okay to feel feel bad for people that don't get to see their senior season come to an end when they've put so much work and time and effort into it. Um, but but it's also okay to want to still go out and you know have a drink at a bar. For me, mm. I'm not going to be going to uh, a 
an arena full of people mm. uh, right now. I'm not going to do that right now. I'm also not going to uh, go to a, a St. Paddy's Day parade. I'm not going to go to a St. Paddy's Day bar crawl. Now, maybe in, in a week, I'll go grab some brunch with some friends. We will know a lot more probably in a week, wouldn't we? Don't you think? <laughs> Man, who, Dude, who absolutely knows? Man, I, seriously. I, I, really, I think this is so fluid right now. Emery, we're going to learn stuff basically by the hour. I mean, I, the, who knows? I, I, I would not... I would not predict anything. I mean, I, I wouldn't say that the, I wouldn't say that the St. Patrick's Day parade is canceled yet. I mean, I wouldn't say that the fair is going to happen yet. That's mm. how much in the gray I think we should all be right now. Like, it, you have to be in a wait and see pattern, and trying to predict this stuff, I think is it's just going to make us. What's the what's the thing about assuming? <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, it spells it out for you in the word. I think. Uh, but that's, and that's why, you know, we bring the conversation up to you, Ross, because you are a guy that does such a good job of putting stuff in perspective. And, you know, that challenge that you have with your, your mom is something that Michael and I don't have. But we are both on the same page, yeah. and we're kind of like, we're okay shacking up for now and just taking care of ourselves and just kind of letting this play out. I'd rather, you know, go the overreaction way than the underreaction way. Um with that being said, as sports fans, I mean, everything just kind of came to an abrupt halt. And, Michael, as a Wait. Chiefs fan, you absolutely know. You guys oh, my gosh. You guys didn't see Luca go for 50 last night? <laughs> Did you see this? Oh, I heard about it. Oh, was it like a pickup game? It was on Twitch. Oh, my. Oh, oh yeah, yes. Yeah, okay, yeah. Now, see, that's, e- the, the business e- of eSports is going to balloon I right would, now. If you're a stock buyer, eSports and bidets, those are the two things <laughs> that you need to be investing in today, <laughs> I, my you're, friend. You're... Your bidet's twit. I'm a, I am a, I've been. I was an early adopter to the bidet movement, and they should probably start cutting me in on some of the royalties that are going to be rolling in from thing, Central man. Iowa. And until thing. you try it, and it ain't weird no more. My my dad called me. This is not bidets. Did you have a thought about <laughs> Wait, bidets? Your dad, does your dad use a bidet though? <laughs> no, no. Have you ever asked him? Uh, no, I just guys. He's, he's wanna, a, he's how old? A, how old are your dads? 51, 52. Yeah, that's not quite old enough. Uh, well, mine's like 58. He's 50, you guys, 50, man, your dads are kids. I'm almost as old as your dads. My dad is 75. Having the conversation with my dad about the bidet was one of my favorite conversations oh my of all gosh. time. Because my dad's old school. Man's yeah. man. Like he, Vietnam vet, tough dude, you know, got that grit. Bidet. Trying to explain to him what a bidet does. That's what the French use. Oh, dude, it was <laughs> awesome. I, I laughed thinking about it. That's yeah. Uh, so what man, about your dad I, and bidet? I don't know if I'm going to pop over to the bidet <laughs> side yet, but <laughs> I'll get you there. No, my my pop my pops calls yesterday, and he living in Kansas City, he's listening to sports talk radio, and uh, he's like, "Man, we got to come up with something." He, he's like, can, "Can you like do a play by play of a fake NCAA tournament on like video games? You guys simulate it." He said something about how in the like 40 years ago. There, there was a uh, a similar lockdown. Like Major League Baseball went on a hiatus, so a couple radio guys faked a radio broadcast. Well, hold on now. Mm. Your dad's from Kansas City. Yeah. Okay, so this wouldn't be. But in Des Moines, we had something like this happen. It's a long time ago. It was the a guy's name was Jack Emerson. He was my boss here for many years. Yeah. Did you ever work with Jack here? Uh, yeah, he was Emerson? here for a bit. Yeah. Jack's a radio legend in Des Moines, Iowa. He was at KGGO. He's, in fact, he's back there now. But get, Jack was a is a radio legend in Des Moines. He and Larry Morgan. 
because uh, they did a thing for Berwick University. Berwick is this little tiny township up in uh, uh, the, the northeast part of Des Moines. And their building was up there. Well, kind of like Okaboji University. That's, you know, the UC t-shirts say Okaboji University. It's just a way to advertise the community. Mm. They decided they were going to do this with Berwick. And they had a Berwick University, totally fake. Jack and, and Larry Morgan. Larry was the play-by-play voice for the Iowa Hawkeyes. basketball teams uh, on TV, they did a fake football game for years. They did these fake football games where the, um, uh, okay, let me think about this. The Berwick University would play um, the Iowa School of Dentistry. Well, the, it's like Stanhope State. Yeah, yeah exactly. Like the fighting yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And, I know exactly. The drillers the, were yeah. the name of the, 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 the Iowa School of Dentistry. And every time they got a first down, the crowd would run their drills. And you'd hear, they played the Iowa School of Culinary Arts one time. Their quarterback was Jeff Boyardee. <laughs> like, I can remember these things, man. I that's remember, so and I, yeah, I remember that's this. That's amazing. That you, that, so that's like, the, that was the concept. Fake games. Like, they were amazing. Yeah. He's like, you got to come up with like a fake game somehow and simulation. I was like, man, esports kind of has the, yeah. ha- has the edge on that. See, Emory, or if you do this though, guys, you do this in like 20 minute, it's like a, it's like a 10 minute bit. You know what I mean? You don't do a full game. Right, right. Yeah. You don't do a full hour. You just do, you do punchline after punchline after punchline after punchline for about a seven, eight minute, ten minute thing that you can call a game inside of that. And it's, if you can pull it off, it's awesome. And now might, your dad might be onto something, man. Now might be the time to launch that. So there's, there's literally nothing for me to do at work right now. I mean, we're, we're trying to, all right, Michael, do we work on relays? Well, we'll relays have, like, what's the conversation there? Okay. So maybe we turn our attention to, uh, how do we promote, you know, football season? Uh, well, you can't really promote when there aren't students on on campus right now. And how, how do you how do you go about that? Okay, well maybe we just start brainstorming basketball. It's like all right, we, I've got to do something for now. And so yeah, we've been we've been working on some workshopping some ideas at, at Drake and maybe I don't know. There's something. There's got to be something there, right? Uh, listen, I've got uh, I've got documentary recommendations for everybody. You give me a topic, and I'll uh, I'll tell you what you should. You can spend two hours learning yourself. Oh, about I'm a it. huge YouTube guy, and you put me onto the Polyphonic YouTube. Yeah, channel. that's, that's a fun awesome, one. That's an awesome channel. Yeah, if you're a music, well, you're a musician. Yeah, you know how to play some instruments, and you actually appreciate the finer things of music rather than just tapping your toe, which is fine. Polyphonic is an amazing. YouTube channel if you're if you're looking for that yeah it's well and uh what what about the marble Olympics okay this I needed to get to this <laughs> because that I, that is that is gonna blow up now have you heard of the marble league or marble Olympics now uh, is this where they race marbles and call the race yes it's I've seen these YouTube videos okay and so they I showed are fascinating I showed Michael one uh when I first got into it now they're doing marbula one which is all of the marble <laughs> All of the marble teams are like running races, and this guy builds these tracks. And then at the bottom of the track, there's like a like a erector set thing that like conveyor belts them back to the top, and they'll run a bunch of laps. So, so it's amazing. You got to check it out. Marble, marble, marbula one. And, How do you spell marbula? Uh, it's M A R B U L A. Oh my gosh! It like populates. Yeah, no, I'm telling you, it's a real thing. Now the channel is on YouTube. It's called Yella's Marble Runs, and Yella spelled J E L L E because he's from the Netherlands. I showed Michael this. The guy who does the commentary for it is from Fort Dodge, Iowa. Did you know that? No way! Yeah, yeah, because well, it was Fort Dodge, Iowa. 
I remember the podcast that you guys. Yeah, we did. did well, I interviewed yeah. him for Triowa. Yeah. For tri- yeah, it's it's really fascinating. You can burn. That's a full day's worth. of Oh stuff my for you guys. gosh, uh, they have to they do. have a ton. The, <laughs> the, there's qualifying today for the Greenstone Grand Prix for uh, Marbula One. This so, is incredible. These- uh, the, the the production value is bar none among the best on YouTube. Honestly. This is incredible stuff, okay, so, man. So I'm I glad to, you told me about this. I so no I'm gonna, uh, here, I'm going to play a little uh, clip of, of what he sounds like, because he's got an amazing voice. He's ahead of Marble Olympics record time. 15-6-4. Two turns to go. Now over a tenth, nearly two tenths. Will Misty from the Hazers reset the Marble Olympics record? Yes, he will. Uh, no, point. no, not no. You gotta watch it. He, I'm, okay, it, but I'm, I'm watching a video while you were playing that. The one that I have heard, because I don't like the crowd effects. I, I, I could, I oh, don't want that. But when the O Rangers are in action, the crowd goes oh, and when the Green Ducks are in action, people are going quack 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 quack. And when the the when the Hornets are in action, people are going. Bzzz. I mean, it's awesome. Okay, all right. Super cool. I will tell you, it wasn't what I was hoping to hear because I was expecting it. What I've seen, what I'd seen of those marble races, it's a lot more like an auction where the guy is calling the race like a horse race. It's it's very fast-paced. He's going here, there, and then we got the blue marble around the outside. He's going to overtake the green marble into first place, the blue marble. He does that, and the Marbula one's more like that. That, What I showed you right there was a Marble League event of of just a couple racing at a time. Uh, Also, the sand marble rallies on the channel are also probably what... They, That's what it, the sand ones, marble is. What they I was went, thinking. they went viral. It's the same same channel, yeah, same okay, guy, okay. Uh, and those are without crowd effects because they're out in the middle. Of yeah, the woods, see, I like those. And I thought those were really funny and cool. They I still I, do all those, dude. Yeah. It's uh, you. This is going to force us to get really creative in the sports, sports world. I don't see everybody keeps saying Pretend. force us to get creative. I okay, yeah. I was so That's excited. I was like. This is my time to jam, baby. This is going to be great. Oh, and especially on, on when you have a, a two-hour talk show, every single day of the week that you could just like turn people on to some of this I'm stuff. I'm so excited about this. I wrote down like 97 documentaries yesterday. And 97? During the show. During the show, I had pen to paper over here, and as they were popping in my head, I was kind of doing some searching. You might not have been on the air for 97 minutes yesterday. Put that on the KXNO page. Yeah, we I mean, need to see. No, no, no. I'm going to sort them out by genre, rank them. Oh, i got a yeah. whole plan here. Yeah. We're going to take a break. When we come back, we're going to continue this conversation about what we're going to do with our lives now. It's the pregame. Emery, Michael Admire, Ross Peterson. 1460, 106.3 FM, KXNO. Saturday morning pregame on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. Emory Songer sitting in on the pregame as usual, joined by Michael Admire and Ross Peterson as our friend Sean Roberts is partying it up in Chicago. Uh, okay, so we exited the last break talking about Marble League and Yellow's Marble Runs and just like binging that if you're into sporting events. Absolutely should. I'm way into that. And then Ross Peterson drops a huge number of documentaries that he has listed out. And you were telling us you've got to categorize them, and then you're going to share kind of Ross's picks to click for this uh, hiatus. Is that I right? Have, uh, the list is I, legit, by the way. I like, started it, It's insane just looking oh, at this. this is, and this is like a pad. fourth of it. This is like a fourth of it. Seriously. I had at one point, 
this was probably about two years ago, I had a list of like 127 that I had categorized, and but I had written it down all, just like I've done here. I did it on a notepad because I'm a pen and paper guy. And Chris Williams was like, Ross, put this in a computer. Put this on a hard drive. Lock this thing in somewhere so you don't lose it, and then we're going to publish it somewhere. And I lost it. So, and I'd never even thought it was like, it was like just something I was doing during my free time. I think I even started it on a road trip when I was, my wife was driving. I just started writing down, trying to remember some of my favorite documentaries. And then I just decided I'm going to review every documentary I've ever seen, which is like a couple hundred. Um, so I wrote them all down and started to really break them down. I was starting to write them down. I got to like 127 and it, I lost the list. How did you remember all that? Dude, it's easy when you go back and just look at, first of all, what I do is I go to Netflix. Like these, this page right here is just from going to Netflix yesterday and scrolling through the documentaries. Just literally sitting there while I was on the air, rifling through. And if I saw one that I remembered seeing, I wrote it down on the, on the sheet. And I can, if I remember it, I can, I will remember it. Specific things about it. I have a pretty good memory for stuff like that. So. Yeah, you turned me most recently on to one that's on YouTube about a guy who broke up uh, the Whammy show. Uh, oh, I, t- I told Fenley about this one yesterday. It's uh, Big Bucks. Yes. The, uh, the, the Press Your Luck scandal. Yes. Yeah, this dude, we're lucky this guy didn't become a Unabomber, man. This dude was brilliant, smart, crazy wicked, did not care about anybody. And instead of blowing everybody up, he decided he was going to fix a game show. <laughs> Total so, sociopath who loved Press Your Luck. The dude videotaped every episode of this game show and then went back and watched them, sometimes in slow motion, multiple times over, to master the patterns that happened on the, on the game board. Because it was an electronic game board that the... the, the if, imagine a Monopoly board where all of the properties would move around, and at the same time the properties are moving around, your piece is randomly moving. Okay, So you say stop, and you're on a random property in a random spot on the board. Well, he watched this thing so much to realize there was no random about it. It was this series of six boards and five patterns that the, that the, that the piece would move on, and he mastered it, and he broke the game on the air. It was awesome. It's an it is a, that's a really fun one. You should watch another one that's in that vein is called Perfect Bid. Yeah, I've seen that one. Is that the Price Is Right? Okay, I was gonna say I, I've seen that one. That's because the guy we that, So if you've wait, seen I, yeah. if you've seen Perfect Bid, now go watch Press Your Luck because there's okay. a moment in Perfect Bid where Drew Carey thinks that the Price Is Right is over. They think the, he's broken it. Yeah. There's that movie quiz show. I think a lot of people have seen where it was about a fixed game show. Well, that's every game show's worst nightmare is that somehow their game will be called a fraud. And then you're done. One time, you're done. And they had a guy on Price is Right who got every price exactly right, including his showcase showdown, which he got to the penny, or what, the dollar. His Like the $53,296 to the dollar. Drew Carey and the people behind the scenes thought, somebody broke the game, we have a, we have a, we have a leak, and it turned out it was just a dude and a, another couple who had watched the shows so much they remembered all the prices, right? Well, yeah, go ahead. But, but impress your luck. That moment that Drew Carey has, and if you've seen the documentary, you know what I'm talking about. They're all the people behind the scenes, the host, 
have this moment of like, well, had a good run. It's all over now. All right, air the final <laughs> clip. But it turned out not to be. It turned right. out to be they, a, they an innocent it, yeah. thing. Yep. And as we all know, press, Price, your luck, press your luck did that too. They they were like, oh gosh. Press your luck. They were in the middle of the show when this moment happened. That they all realized, oh wait a minute, we can't get this guy to stop winning. There's not the typical win on press your luck was like twelve thousand dollars. This guy has like a hundred and fifty grand, and he's racking it up. He there's there's no stopping him. He is a locomotive running over their game, and they know it. And there's nothing they can do. It's fascinating to watch. In the Price is Right one, the guy not only wins Price is Right, nails the showcase showdown, but then he connects with some people in line and is like, hey, whatever you do today, listen for me. Look for me in the crowd. Mm -hmm. I will get you the Because he was going to all these showings. They have tape three to five per day right and he was just yelling out the exact numbers you know 55 and they look up and they like, see him and bob and bob is like when bob was still doing the show bob's looking at over he's like that guy knows something and bob was cool with like <laughs> they were all cool with yeah, it. i yeah. mean like it yeah. wasn't until he actually got on stage where it was like now oh. now there is some confusion here the guy that the, that the documentary is about does not actually go on to win the showcase showdown. No. He yep. he doesn't get past the wheel spin because you're only allowed to get on stage one time in your life on mm-hmm. Price is Right. Yep. So he finally goes after many years, gets on stage, becomes a contestant, wins his game because he knows every prize, but he doesn't win the showcase, the spin the wheel thing. Because that's the stop. Yeah, yep. So he, he doesn't make it into the showcase showdown. He is the guy that goes out and tells people, listen to me. And they're totally fine with that at Price is Right. Like For er- sure. Everybody's screaming and yelling. Yeah. So, but it's not until he hooks up with the couple who also are masters of it, and he sits with the wife. The husband gets on stage. The husband is the one that does nails the showcase showdown with the help of his wife and the star of the documentary. So it that's is, right. Uh, yeah. that's, and, there's uh, there's another one. Uh, and, the, and by the way, the couple was kind of they were kind of buttheads because they ended up lying about all of it and saying that it was all a fluke and like no, we just got lucky. And it wasn't until they pulled that guy in and he was like, well. We didn't break any rules. Just be honest with them. We 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 right. were smarter than you. Yeah, we just yeah. we just were uh, better. Yeah. Th- there was one about the who wants to be a millionaire that I saw too. Because mm-hmm. there's a guy in his like there was a guy that was communicating. Yeah, on, they they were, you know you did the pregame thing that the, there were multiple guys that you had the answer and whoever got the answer the fastest got in the chair with Regis. Well, one of the guys that didn't get in in there was like communicating to the other guy through like coughs or whatever and he was sitting behind regis so he could see the screen and he was in the live studio audience yeah and he was doing it with like foot taps or coughs i think it was, it was coughs, coughs yeah. yeah and you could hear the coughs <laughs> right when you, it's just like the astros when you're listening for it you're like wow that is so obvious how did they not like pick up on that but like in the heat of the game if you're not looking for it you're like I was about to just say, it's like this is why sports are so great because you can't manipulate and all. That. And then you bring that up as like, yep, it's just like the Astros. So <laughs> the whole world's a sham. <laughs> oh gosh, I, I, it's not a sham. It's no, just, I know it, it. It can be. A I was sham. being hyperbolic. The nineteen nineteen White Sox made made it a sham. Too. Uh, people are asking me where that uh, where those documentaries can be found. Here's a good thing to do, guys. Literally, Google them. But hit your. You can just search for these. The yeah. uh, the press your luck one. I don't think is on Perfect Bid. The Price is Right one is on Netflix. Yes. 
Um, you have to, the President of Your Luck one's only on YouTube. Yeah. It exists on and YouTube. Am I, is it Big Bucks? Yeah, it's Big Bucks. Big Big Bucks is one that I think you can just watch on YouTube. If you even search Press Your Luck documentary, It'll which is what up. I did, it yep. popped up for me on YouTube. And so there's a couple different services that I know it's available on, but I know that's one you can watch on YouTube. I could do this all day, man. There's The one that you have to go search and find is called Who the Blank is Jackson Pollock? And it's hard to find because it's not really a blank and it's not the F word. It's like a series of, uh, it's like symbols, you know, hashtag, yeah. you know, whatever. They got what cute. they did in the cartoons when. Exactly. No. Who, who the yeah. characters thing is Jackson Pollock. It's so much fun. It, one of my favorite documentaries of all time because it starts off with uh, this old trucker lady and she's about 80 years old and maybe 55 pounds and she just looks like she would tackle the world. You know what I mean? Mean as spit. And she comes on the air, and the first words of it are, you know, most stories start with once upon a time. Trucker tales start with, you ain't going to believe this crap. <laughs> <laughs> and it's a story about a, an old trucker lady who bought a multi-million dollar Jackson Pollock painting for $10 at a swap meet. And how, and it's, it, it again, just that's one that's worth searching for. I think you just find it on YouTube if you got... Got an hour and a half. That's a fun one. Uh, okay, and then before we we get you out of here, Ross, books. Are you like a big book guy? Uh, right now, I'm I'm an audio book guy because I am a, just a slow reader again because right. I'm a dummy. <laughs> uh, Unshakable is the one that Chris turned me on to right now. Okay. It is um you uh yeah it's a financial book but it's very good and I just got done speaking of Gladwell I just got done a couple weeks ago with uh, speaking with strangers yeah everybody should listen to that or yeah. hear that thing it is just a, a really uh, okay. really well done so I have a few sports books that might wet both your all's palates okay. and, and you sports fans out there the one I'm reading right now is called K the history of baseball in 10 pitches oh uh, it's by Tyler Kepner you should check that one out uh, that is uh, it, it, the chapters are 10 different pitches, and he basically illustrates the history of baseball through those 10 pitches, and it is so fascinating. Um, another one is called The Opening Kickoff, and that's uh, about 1890s Big Ten football, and it's by Dave Revzine, who's yeah. one of the oh, studio yeah, yeah. Yeah. anchors of uh, the Big Ten Network. And then uh, one more is, speaking of the 1919 uh, Black Sox scandal, there's a, a book called The Betrayal, that uh, really goes into the aftermath of that. Like, it also goes into the. Um, I'm trying to explain this properly. So, yes, the games mattered, and they kind of talk about that. But we kind of know that we 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 know about how that happened, and there's a movie about it called Eight Men Out, which you should watch. But uh, Charles Fountain wrote a book called The Betrayal, which really goes into the investigation trying to break the what they thought had happened so it took like a year of investigation for that and that book goes like i feel like i'm sherlock holmes when i'm reading that book so it's <laughs> it's a great book so the betrayal the 1919 world series and the birth of modern baseball uh the opening kickoff by dave revzine and then check out tyler kepner's k the history of baseball on 10 pitches those I, are i've taken a ton of notes i i really appreciate it. this is gonna get me through the weekend uh ross i did have one question because we're mm. my wife and i we're, we're big uh like Murder mystery podcast. Are you guys going to get another Missing in the Metro out? Because I'm about, itching, uh, dude, for more Missing in the Metro. Recorded it yesterday. No way. It's it is edited. It is Let's ready. Go. Hold on, it's ready for launch. We're but you got to get it approved. No, no, no. It's already approved. It's ready to go. I okay. could hit publish on it today. We're waiting for Tuesday for a reason. Mm. 
It will be the two-month anniversary of when Abdi Sharif mm-hmm. went missing, the young man that's yep. a Roosevelt student who walked away from his wow. job at Target on mm-hmm. Merle Hay. So we spent about 45 minutes talking with Sergeant Parizic and a young man by the name of Sam Nicolino, who is the editor of the Roosevelt School newspaper. So he came in and talked about some of the things that are going on around the high school, some of the things that they hear, just a few of the rumors that kids are, are, are throwing around school, and allow him to talk to Sergeant Parizic and just kind of bounce those things off and trying to just put, at, like we that's do with that podcast, so just put as much out into the public as possible. Well, and, and that's a case that there's a lot of outcry for it because it, yeah. it just hasn't been super publicized. And there's a lot of reasons for that, yeah. Michael. You know, that's uh, yeah. a, and that I, the, the, we get into that in great detail on the podcast because that is one of the things that a lot of the kids at the school and people in our community are wondering about, and maybe maybe even upset about. They're seeing this. Um, they're seeing a difference, or perceiving a difference. I would say in the coverage between what happened with Molly Tibbetts and Abdi Sharif. The the basic way to explain this is. It's, it has nothing to do with race. It has, it, maybe culture has a little bit to do with it in the fact that Molly's parents were so vocal and able to get out and keep this story alive and always be talking to the, the, the police. And Abdi comes from just a, a different culture that they are a little bit more quiet and reserved and they don't want to get out. I would go back to the 1980s when Eugene, Eugene Martin, who most people don't know that name, he was kidnapped around the same time Johnny Gosh was. The diff- two white kids in Des Moines, Iowa. We years, still hear about Johnny years Gosh. Apart. Johnny Gosh has documentaries and podcasts and hundreds of things out there. Most people don't know the name Eugene Martin. The difference was, quite frankly, the families. The Gosh family, Noreen, has never stopped screaming from the mountaintops. And the Martin family, just they didn't have that personality. It's not good or bad. It's just different. And that's one of the things. That's, that's one. It's a soup. There's so many ingredients mm-hmm. in this thing. One of them is there's just this cultural barrier that's constantly being having to jump over. We give huge props to Akeo Abdul Samad, who's been a community leader here in Des Moines for a long time. He has bridged that gap between community and culture in a great way. And Parisic goes out of his way to uh, to thank him for that. But the other, the biggest difference, the biggest ingredient in this is what was happening with that Molly Tibbetts case. That evidence continued to leak out. Every time the cops dove into something, they found something else. You know, she had a tracker on her, so they knew she was on a run. They knew the route that she was running on. They were able to look for the ring doorbell cameras. They were able, they found a body. They bing, bang, boom, and the and the news continues because we all know this. It's a twenty four hour cycle. You get about twenty four hours. You get to air a, a story a couple times, then people get sick of it. You better shut up and move on, or they're going to turn the channel. So that's what happens. The news would report Molly. They'd shut up about it. A new thing would happen. Boom, we can talk Back about the this news, again. Yeah. Yes, that's not the case with Abdi. This young man, they, I mean, they have on camera. They have cameras from, we're all on camera, guys. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, I'm not, I'm not trying to scare you. It's a good thing when things like this happen, and, and the police aren't monitoring you. They don't care about you. But these, we're all being filmed as we move around our day in Des Moines. The kid turns a corner and is gone. And that's where the evidence ends. And there's no, he has no social media profile. He has His phone records are completely clean. The only people I'll ever talk to were his mom and dad and his sister. He was a quiet kid at school that was planning for college. Like there, there just aren't these things 
that they can continue to go to the media and say, help us out with this. Okay? Mm-hmm. And even when they show up at the media, as you know, Michael, if, the, if, if Paul Parizic showed up at WHO every day and said, we'd like to talk about Abdi, okay, what's new? Nothing. Kick rocks. We aren't going to have you come on the air every day and go, hey, this kid's missing. We know. So it, we to cover all that in great detail. That will be released on Tuesday. We'll release it on the iHeartMedia platform, on iTunes. It'll be on uh, Chris Williams' new podcast network, which is oh, what nice. is going to house. So we're going to, uh, yeah, Tuesday we'll launch that thing. Thank you for asking me about that's it. No, awesome. that, that's, uh, yeah, it's fascinating. It'll be good to learn more about that. And very it's timely. Deal. Very, sure. very timely. So uh, yeah, Thanks for having me in, boys. I appreciate it. Thanks this for a lot dropping of fun, in, man. man. I wish we could do this more. Uh, Ross Peterson, big thanks to him. Matt Bain from the Des Moines Register was at that eerie state championship game last night between Waukee and Ankeny. He's going to tell us about what happened on the floor and in the stands and his thoughts on the whole thing when we come back. You're listening to the pregame. Emory Songer, Michael Admire with Ross Peterson. Live on 1460 KXNO and now on 106.3 FM. You're listening to Saturday Morning Pregame on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. Back here on the pregame one final time. Emory Songer sitting with Michael Admire, Sean Roberts out for the week. He is enjoying his life back in Chicago for a while. Uh, probably not the same trip he thought he was going to be taking, but he took it, and he's hopefully enjoying himself this morning. Michael, are you enjoying yourself this morning? I'm having a blast, man. Thanks for having me in. It's uh, yeah, I I was supposed to be in Moline this weekend. I was supposed to be covering the Drake women's basketball team at uh, Hoops in the Heartland. That didn't happen, and you're the one that like broke the news to me about the tournaments all being canceled. Yeah, because so I was I, like, ah, no, I'm going to be at Hoops in the Heartland this weekend. It's like, no, yeah, I was everything's tr- being canceled right now. Yeah, I mean, it was I was like doing my show over on WHO when that was all happening, and I was trying to book a, you know, a, a co-host for today, and I was like, Admire would be a good one, and I in my head I was just like, I just saw these tournaments all get canceled, and then that's how you kind of found out. And it like all happened real fast. Uh, a tournament that didn't get canceled, Michael, was one we talked about earlier. Yes. The Iowa High School State Tournament. And Matt Bain from the Des Moines Register joins us on the phone line. Matt, you were there. What was that experience like being in that gym for what f- f- uh, still was a state championship game? Weird. Very weird. Bizarre. Quiet. Um, each team was able to bring 100 fans, and those 100 fans did their, their gosh darn best job to make some noise whenever they could, but it was just a, a different setting that's hard to describe. It was There was no pet bands there, so they just had random songs playing during the timeout in a quiet gym. Uh, the players, of course, didn't mind a whole lot, because once they got in the game, they said they couldn't really you know even hear the fans that much, but just for spectators and people alike just watching the game, it was an odd experience. Matt, I, I always find you. This is Michael Admire, by the way. I, I always find you as a, as a reasonable guy. Uh, you're, you're never too uh, over the top on one side or the other. But uh, you are one of those guys that were allowed into the building yesterday, and, and you, you say it's weird. But how did you feel witnessing something that wasn't being allowed to happen from West Coast to East Coast? Well, I. I think I would have understood it both ways. I would have understood if they canceled the tournament, but I also understood why they did this, uh, because they wanted to give the kids at least a chance to win the championship. I, I think that that if they were going to cancel the tournament, they would have had to have done it earlier, um, because the decision was made on Thursday to either A, cancel the tournament, or B, just limit the spectators 
And once you get through the semifinals, and then the association had all of a sudden said, hey, okay, guys, we're actually going to cancel it. We played all the way up to the semifinals without canceling it, but we're just going to cancel it now. I think they would have gotten probably a lot more blowback than they did for playing the game with limited fans. So I see it either way. I personally felt okay being in the arena with the limited fans. Um, I felt safe. So I could have seen it happening either way. But I do know the players and the coaches are very happy that it did wind up this way because they got to finish out their season. Yeah, and obviously that's the case. But if let's let's put you in the shoes of the Iowa High School Athletic Association, knowing what we know uh, went down on Wednesday night. Like you said, we hadn't got to the semifinals in all the classes at that point. Still a couple of semifinals needed to happen uh, on Thursday before we got to Friday's championship games. But if you were the guy who was the authoritative figure that had to make that call, knowing what we were learning about was happening, what do you think you would have done in that scenario? On Wednesday? Yeah, Wednesday night. I think I probably would have canceled it. Um, just looking at what the rest of the states have been doing, I mean, Wyoming canceled theirs, and they had one case in Iowa, and Iowa had 13 at the time. And I, and I wouldn't cancel it because I was worried about, you know, something happening to the kids or, or the coaches or anything. I would cancel it because I'd be worried about the people that those kids and those coaches might affect back home, the, the 60 to 80-year-old population that we've seen as most susceptible to this. Uh, there's this attitude out there. You know, especially people of our generation that, you know, we feel invincible. And you know what? We kind of are the coronavirus, 0.2% mortality rate. Um, but it's a higher mortality rate for perhaps the, the loved ones in our life that are a lot older than us, our grandparents, uh, maybe even our parents. Um, so it, it's not to protect ourselves. It's, it's to protect our older loved ones. So I think I probably would have canceled it. Um, although I do understand why they kept it going, and I'm not super objecting to it because I do know other states in the Midwest were doing similar things. Uh, Ohio was having limited spectators. Michigan was having limited spectators. Illinois was having limited spectators. So I get it. I just think I might have gone differently perhaps earlier in the week, but I, I think I'm okay with the way it wound up. One of the reasons that the Iowa High School Athletic Association continued on was uh, probably because – they're so close to the finish. There were only there were just a few games to play, and why not just get these last few games in so we can crown a championship? I, I do understand that, but the question I have most about how yesterday transpired is why did they play the third place consolation games? I would guess for the same reason. I did to let those kids kind of finish out their season. When you go into the state tournament. And you, you, you play in the semifinal game, you know that you're guaranteed at least one more game after that in normal circumstances. So I imagine that that's what the association was thinking. Hey, we're letting these kids play the finals. Let's let the kids play the consolation finals too. It's on the schedule. They were promised that game. So let's, let's just play this last Friday as scheduled with limited fans and then wrap this up, go sleep for a weekend and figure out what the heck to do for spring sports. That's what I would guess was kind of the, the thought process there. Well, we do know that we got through it, and it is a debate one way or another, but we know they played the game, and state champions were crowned, and last night's All-Central Iowa championship between Waukee and Ankeny. Ankeny really put it on Waukee in the third quarter and was able to hold on for an eight-point victory for the state championship. I think 
they were probably sixth or seventh, just in central Iowa to me, of teams that I thought were state championship caliber behind Waukee and Centennial and Valley and Dowling. You could throw in some of the eastern Iowa schools like Cedar Falls in there too, and yet here the Hawks are. They're state champions. How surprised were you? I was very surprised. I, I did not pick them to come out of their sub-state. I thought the East would get them in a close game. Uh, but then Ankeny got there, got to the state tournament, so it was good for them. But I wasn't expecting them to make the run they did. They were just a team of destiny this week. They shot about 55% overall and then 54% from the three-point range for the entire week. Wow. Those are absurd numbers to put up in three state games. And remember, they played three straight days because they played in the Wednesday quarterfinals. So they played Wednesday, upset Iowa City West. Played Thursday, upset Cedar Falls. Played Friday, upset Waukee. All in games that weren't very close. I mean, that Waukee game ended up 78-70, to but Ankeny was ahead by 18 points after that third quarter. They were the better team from whistle to whistle in all three games. Braxton Bayless was phenomenal. Um, their shooting was phenomenal. They played pesky, fast, quick defense. They were, they were just a team at destiny this week. A whole lot of fun to watch, and oh my gosh, super, super deserving. Sometimes when you get an underdog winning it all, it, it, sometimes it's luck, sometimes it's fluky. This was not the case. Ankeny was the best Class 4A team at the Wells Fargo Arena this week, no question. Well, it was uh, interesting to watch that transpire, especially with a small crowd on hand. But we appreciate your coverage, and watching your tweets unfold throughout the postseason was certainly uh, fun for us as high school basketball fans. We appreciate you waking up early, giving us a call, man. You try to stay safe and have fun this weekend. You bet, guys. Have a good one. All right, that is Matt Bain from the Des Moines Register. Uh, good stuff from him. Very strange, odd circumstances, but uh, this whole week was strange and odd. Michael Admire. Yeah, and it's probably not going to change much over the next couple days. And yeah, we we just don't know what's going to come over the next few weeks. We do know there, there there'll be a lack of sports. There'll be minds going elsewhere. And hey, let's go out there and just make the most of it. Uh, enjoy time with your friends and family, but also be aware of. Um, other people in, in this world. Wash your hands and stay safe. Admire, thanks for joining me, man. This was fun. Let's do it again sometime. Thanks, big dog. Let's do it. All right. Um, I'm Emory Sunday. That's Michael Admire. Big thanks to Ross Peterson, Matt Bain for joining us. Thank you for the listeners, and we appreciate you for being a part of our show. I'm Emory Sunday. This is a Saturday morning pregame right here on 1460 KXNO and now on 106.3 FM.